Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. And welcome to the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. I'm Timothy Harvey. And CinemaCon! CinemaCon is going on now in Las Vegas. And we're not there. No, but there is some news coming out that, you know, we got some Warner Brother news and some Sony news and other stuff. I mean... Yeah, yeah, we've got a little bit, and and I imagine we'll probably, if if you're up for it, we do a part two next week to talk about you know everything oh, yeah. else because today is day one. We didn't get a lot, uh, but we did get like like you said, Warner Brothers and Par- and uh, Sony, um, and going into it, uh, some of the different things that. Uh, people were talking about ahead of time I think is is worth a look as well. For those of you who are not familiar with CinemaCon it is the annual convention of theater chain owners so all of the different theaters, movie theater houses, AMC, Regal Cinemark uh, B&B, all, all the different uh, chains that own the places where we go to see movies they're all together in Las Vegas, and then the studios come in and they do all their big presentations, and they're, it's it's like an upfront presentation for the networks, only mm-hmm. it's the studios making their presentations to the to the to the the movie theaters, and here's all our new stuff, and here's the stuff coming out, and and sometimes you'll get new trailers. We've got a couple of trailers that have come out today. Uh, announcements, casting news, and and project schedules, and that sort of thing. You know, maybe we'll get some still images. We've got the the logo reveal for Dune Part Two, and it's some footage. Some footage has been screened there. That, of course, if you go to some place like YouTube, you can find all kinds of little uh, shows that are going. I've got this little clip of the revealed thing, and most of them don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that stuff will make its way out eventually. Um, there's been, well, there's some, there is some Dune footage that was shown there. There was um, some Craven the Hunter footage. Yes. Yeah, and and I I know we got a trailer for the Flash. The Flash is screening. I want to say tonight. Uh, after the official event is closed, because uh, uh, Warner Brothers had their official presentation part. And David Zaslav got up and talked, and, and he had some interesting things to say. But after that, past that, mm-hmm. outside of that presentation, we're also supposedly getting a screening of The Flash, I think, tonight. I think I saw Andy Signor saying that it was going to be tonight. So we'll get reactions off of The Flash. And the new trailer, funnily enough, focuses on Michael Keaton's Batman. Have you seen it yet? Yes, I have, and I'm not terribly surprised. Look, um, for all the fact that this could actually be a very entertaining film, and it, it, I, it, I mean, it might not be too, but I mean, fingers crossed, <laughs> right? 
the fact is is that it's got a star who is just um problematic uh-huh. let's go with the word problematic yeah um and and quite frankly i mean this is uh, look this is this is his swan song right i mean this is this version of the flash is the odds of this version of the flash being the version of the flash flash that appears in in under you know guns uh vision for for dc is vanishingly small and I, I have I have had conversations with various different people uh, who cover this stuff, and none of them have heard anything about Ezra Miller having anything more to do after this. Look, this is from everything I've seen so far. This feels very much like the final film in the existing universe, yeah. which wipes the slate. For the new universe, and I mean, which is, which of course is, you know, the premise of the movie, so it works yeah. out well. I mean, um, that, that is what Flashpoint did in the and, comic. And book. I, I will say this about the trailers: I have it, thought the trailers look interesting to me. I look like this. I mean, this, I, this looks like a film I might enjoy. It, of course, it'll all come down to the writing and the performance and things like that. Right. But I'm already inclined to like it more then I liked the original comic that it's based on. Well, I have mixed feelings about Flashpoint. I love a good Elseworlds. And Flashpoint is a is an Elseworlds series. It's an Elseworlds series, really, right? Yes. But the problem is... Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the problem I have with Flashpoint is that it reset the universe in D.C., it created. It gave us the new Fifty Two. It was that well, whole let's destroy everything and, yeah, and I, rebuild it. As as it stands by itself, it's still a subpar story because it does some things that it just are are completely inconsistent, even with alternate versions of the characters. Yeah, that, and that's really that's really where I was going with this. Is yeah. that there's there's so many characters in there that, I mean. <laughs> if you want, if you want a a spin out of alternate universe because of you know minor things it became major things you know pick up the nail um uh oh gosh I can't remember who wrote it what Alan Davis did the art excuse <clears throat> me um which you know basically is a world without a Superman and because he gets found by an Amish community. And so he's raised separated from the outside world. And um, it's, it's a very different, it's a very different uh, uh, superhero world. Yeah. Much better, much better. I think there's two, there's a, there's a volume two uh, as well, but yeah, Flashpoint just, I mean, it's, I didn't hate it. It's just, I, uh, I like an Elseworlds where I can, relate to the changes they've made even if there's something that is you know even if it goes to dark places or silly places or wherever um and flashpoint unfortunately doesn't do that for me and yes it led to new 52 um it there are some things that came out of flashpoint yeah um you know the thomas wayne batman i think sometimes has been used well since then um sometimes not but uh, overall i've i've liked 
quite a few things with the Thomas Wayne Batman, and because it's an interesting variation on the idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so the film, <laughs> the trailers for the film. I'm like, ah, at least it's not going to be as terrible as as I mean. <laughs> I mean, because we talk about how just the body count in in Man of Steel is just ridiculously high. Yeah. Um, the body count in the comic book of Flashpoint is continents worth of people. And I'm just like, you know, <laughs> I don't need that. Although, and and one of the things I liked about Man of Steel actually was, was um, its version of Zod. So I'm actually fine with having Zod back for this because I thought he was an interesting take on the character. Well, and within within the context of the Snyderverse, yeah, Zod. This this is an interesting version of Zod. Mm -hmm. I just wish we had an interesting version of Superman to go along with it. And, but well, you know, now now we've got Sasha Kaye's uh, Supergirl. And you have that contrast now where you're going to get kind of the same but not the same. And there's there's right. different different ways to spin that out so that everything goes uh, completely sideways and different from what you saw the first time. I'm suspecting there's not going to be a next snap, for one thing. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I mean, and my, my, my issue actually with the new trailer is that it looks like we get the tail end of that fight scene that we know it's going to be in there Yeah, uh, in the trailer. And I'm like, uh, sometimes trailers show you too much. Um, I mean, and I'll be, I'll be pleased to be wrong and maybe I'm probably probably, am, but I'm like, that looks like a culmination moment. Right. It just looks like, um, because, and yeah, you know, again, trailers are assembled in a way to be dramatic and exciting and don't show, yeah. you know, what's actually happening all the time. But you and I both grew up in a time when you could go to the movies and see a three-minute trailer for something, and you'd be like, "Well, I just watched the movie now." <laughs> well, there's still some of that. <laughs> yeah, that's true, but usually not quite. You know, some of that's uh, you can go find like old Star Trek movie trailers, and it's like, yeah, how long is this thing? Here, here's here's my other thing with regard to with regard to the Flash, and I and I talked about this just a little bit. Um, I don't even remember when. Um, was it yesterday on bunker because we have this uh like you said we have this dilemma with Ezra Miller and Warner Brothers when when Warner Brothers Discovery was created and David Zaslav comes in and they they're in the middle of this they're stuck with this and it's not as easy to write off a $250 million picture as it is a $100 million picture that, like they did with Batgirl. So, you know, given that Ezra Miller is in this as much as he is, twice, <laughs> it's kind of hard to sit there and go, yeah, you know, we're just going to put this up on the shelf. So I can understand the dilemma that they have with regard to, you know, we've got to put this movie out. We know it's not going to do as well as it otherwise could have. But now you have, I think that's one of the reasons why they're they're starting to push the Michael Keaton angle on this so much. Because people are talking online that's, yeah, this looks really great, but I'm still not going to go see it because Ezra Miller. And, and the first weekend 
I don't think the first weekend is going to be as good as they want it to be. Oh, um, uh, the reality I'm anticipating seeing is this is going to lose money. And I think so. But even if it makes money, and who knows, maybe it will. I mean, on a two hundred fifty million dollar budget, it's it's got to do probably at least eight eight fifty in order to break oh, even. Sure, at least. And, and but I also think that you're going to run into something here that, uh, as as much as as Snyder fans don't want to hear it, <laughs> movies underperform. Yeah. Um, for expectations, and this is. Though I mean it's not Snyder, but it's the last Snyderverse movie. Yeah, has, and, has, correct me if I'm wrong. Do I have this right? Didn't have it all of the Snyder movies underperformed for expectations? Yes, for expectations. Okay. Now this is not to say they didn't make money. Okay, right. guys, because again we come back to expectations, right? And Hollywood expectations, um, it's not just break even; it's make significant make profit, money. right? And and the question of how much is significant profit, um, and Hollywood, the expectations for some of this stuff, I mean, yes, there certainly have been films that have underperformed to the point where they're not making back their budget. Okay. But a lot of times you see these things where it's like, this film made a billion dollars. We expected it to make a billion five. It's a disaster. It's like, hold on. <laughs> And and look, the Hollywood accounting is the result of a number of lawsuits, right? <laughs> and uh, and result, I'm sorry, resulted in a number of well, yeah, result of and resulted in yeah, it's a number both. of lawsuits. Yeah, it's both. Um, and so I think it's you know I, I my expectation is that there will be enough people. Um, and I, honestly, if you're a Snyder fan, if if you're a fan of this universe. That's this is one of those movies. You should go see it because this is what you wanted. And I mean, right? Isn't that what I, I want? I don't know. I'm not a Snyder fan, so I'm well, not I'm, wanting I, I mean, you know, but it's it, it, it seems like this would be a logical thing to do. But the other thing is, is that it's perfectly okay to not want to see a movie for a host of different reasons. Yeah. I mean, look, if 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 you I mean Ezra Miller has already been paid, guys. So if you if your goal is is to not support Ezra Miller's finances, I mean he's probably already got his money. But if you if you want to stay away from the film because you don't like the actor, that's people do that all the time. Yeah. So I mean, by all means, feel free. I I think a lot of people. Well, maybe not a lot of people. I think what's going to happen is you're going to get the people who are going to – you'll have the early screenings. You'll have the press screenings. You'll have the preview screenings and whatnot like we get invited to, and and we'll go. And people um, people will have some things to say for those, you know, mm -hmm. those who are attending those, they'll have, you know, there'll be early word of mouth one way or the other. It's good or it's not or whatever. And so far the buzz has been fairly positive. 
It's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. We're hearing all this great stuff about how, how wonderful a uh, movie it is. But there will still be people that will sit there and go, yes, it's a great movie, but... And they will sail the high seas, or they'll wait until it hits uh, Disney Plus or wherever it lands. Not Disney right. Plus. Um, well, probably, you know, wherever wherever you're paying for a service, if you're already right. paying for the service, it's a lot. It's a. It feels a lot less. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you know weird to you than when you're already paying for the thing and then it just happens to be on. Yeah. Okay, so sure. it if it goes to Max. You know, people may wait until it goes to max, or they may pirate it and and do it that way. But you're still, I I think you're right. I don't I don't think it's going to make money. It may break even. Um, well, I, I, and, I think it'll make money. I I just don't think it's going to meet whatever expectations because yeah. I don't I don't. Hmm. I say that I say that, but I wonder though that with it's kind of like with Shazam with with Shazam. The, the most recent Shazam film was fine. Mm-hmm. I was entertained. It's a perfectly entertaining superhero movie. Yeah. But we also, but I think there's a very real sense that this phase of that story is coming to an end. And the, the expectations that I think Warner Brothers has for that is that what the world would have been financially with these movies if that wasn't the case, I yeah. mean, Gunn coming out and announcing we're starting over um, for a segment of the audience. And remember, folks, most people, most audience members are not as plugged into this. The average moviegoer knows very little about all this stuff because it's it's not it's not their thing. It's like. You know, there's 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 far more general audience folks out there who are like, oh, I heard something about Ezra Miller, um, and don't really know, haven't haven't cared to yeah. to look into it. Um, then then there are necessarily uh, uh, folks who care. So I mean, that's just numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, we saw it with Shazam, um, and I think that's just, I think it's a shame because, you know, I mean, there's it's. A relatively family-friendly, harmless superhero movie. Well, I think the other part is, you know, the fact that the fact that it's done, uh, you know, this 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 universe is done, and there's also besides that, also the question of whether Zachary Levi continues as Captain right. Marvel, sure. because James Gunn hasn't said anything about any plans for that. And Levi's come out and said, well, I, nobody's talked to me about it. We don't know anything. So you get this limbo phase for everything that is kind of on the outside fringe of this. Because sure. Shazam wasn't really part of the Snyderverse anyway. Right. But is it part of this new universe anyway? And if there's that question. Even if it goes forward, is it going to be in Elseworlds? Or is it going to be part of the main continuity? Or, or or what and you know I, and logically you know the look if you're going to start something new even if you're going to bring in folks from the previous version it's not a bad idea to put some distance in between those i know i know the fans of of you know zachary levi and and gal Gadot's wonder woman or or you know any of these characters who folks they want to see go forward into this new version yeah um you're 
it logically you're going to want to put space in between the old version and when those characters if those you know who knows you know we get so in this actor back or this actor back you don't want to have that happen like super quick because right. then it feels like you're just extending the previous thing with a new coat of paint as opposed to a new version and then you work these folks back in somehow yeah i mean that from I... a storytelling standpoint from a logic from a logical just logistics of building your new version mm -hmm. you do as much of the new stuff at the beginning so that you know people feel like it is new yeah. and they don't feel like I saw uh, part of the part of the stuff uh, Anna de Armas uh, out there promoting um, oh whatever this is that she's got on Apple or whatever the uh, Ghosted with Chris Evans. Reviews have not been kind. No, and and I think <clears throat> I think there are reasons for that, but you know the 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 idea of Chris Evans being the damsel in distress is just dumb on the on the face of it, just because we've seen him in the action hero mode and it's it's kind of hard to believe but that aside uh, they've been asking Anna Darmus if she's ready to take over as Wonder Woman and she's like well I think Gal's doing a great job she should just keep doing it <laughs> I mean completely deflected like I'm not getting into that <laughs> no not touching it um but uh, you talk about the family-friendly stuff. There's uh, Variety did an interview with several key CEOs for movie chains going into this weekend, and was talking was talking to them about what needs to happen. And we've seen all this. The, you know, the theaters the theaters have said we need at least a hundred movies in the theaters this year in order to really get this thing back up. And first quarter has been good. Projections are up. Every, all the numbers look like everything's going to be okay. Um, but it's interesting that they got they got five CEOs talking about what has happened and what needs to happen and what you know all of this. Uh, Sean Gamble from the CEO. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Sean Gamble, who is the CEO of Cinemark. Uh, they're asking what the biggest challenge facing movie theaters. And he says the reduced volume of film content is one, which is another. We've got to have more. We've got to have more programming. We've got to have more movies. Right. Top Gun Maverick, the saving grace. And and consistently, most of these guys say that Top Gun Maverick basically saved them. But. They're all saying we need more variety in the content. You know, they're getting asked, well, is there superheroes, you know, superhero movie fatigue? And they're like, no, it doesn't seem like there's superhero movie fatigue, but people don't want to go see a bad movie. And sure. you have, you have even, even some, the guy, I think it was, um, <clears throat> I think it was uh, uh, Alamo said, yeah, there's superhero movie fatigue. But then he goes in and says, you know, Ant-Man, Quantumania, and Shazam 2 were mediocre films. I was like, well, okay, is that superhero fatigue then? If it's a mediocre film and not a really good film or a great film tells me a good story entertains me, that's not superhero movie fatigue. That's bad movie fatigue. But well, it's telling that all of these guys are sitting there saying, we need more stuff, we need more family content. And some people are even, you know, some of them even said, we need more R-rated comedies and, and, and the raunchy sure. stuff for the mix. And that's something that you and I have been talking about, that 
we need the we need those smaller pictures, those you know sixty and eighty and hundred million dollar pictures to fill right. in those gaps. An hour and a half. Give me an hour and a half and just tell me a story and just let me sit and be entertained for for a little bit. Well, and I think that that one of the things that we've seen as a horror fan, we've been getting a lot of you know the the horror films have been doing that in theaters and they've been having more R-rated horror films and PG. 13 um and the argument from the horror side that pg-13 like waters down horror can be true yeah um but but it's still you know there the fact is is that it does open it up for younger you know for teenage audiences um i think that if you're going to try and get a hundred films into cinemas you're gonna have to go with some smaller pictures just because I don't care how how well off your studio is producing, you know, 250, 300 million dollar, 3 100 of those every year. Yeah, um, you can't do that. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, if if that's your goal, yeah. Congrats, you know, good luck with that. But and and you know, not because I don't think that somebody wouldn't be ambitious enough to try it. I just think it's not financially sustainable. No, it's not. Um and and so you're going to have to go with some of the smaller stuff. And you look at the Warner Brothers, some of the stuff they talked about. I mean, of course, obviously, you know, the, the Flash is a big budget picture. Uh, Aquaman, another big budget picture. Um, the budget for Blue Beetle, I think, was a lot smaller, but yeah. it's still a special effects picture. So right, it's yeah, got, it's you know, be a lot. but it's also it is also, again, geared towards. I mean, it's if you're if you're a fan of the character, um you know, you can be, you know, from, from the comics, you can be, you know, I mean, when, when, when was, was he introduced? It's been long enough that you're looking He's, at, you know, if you were, if was, you were a teenager, when he came out, you're an adult, was, you're a grown up. Was he a, was he a new 52? Was he, is that, is that how far back we got? I think he, yeah, I think he was version? new 52. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been around for a while. So, but, but the trailer looks like it's geared more towards, you know, uh, and I'm not talking like kid, kid audience, Eight, but it's, 18 to, it's 18 to 24. It's eight, Yeah. It's aimed yeah. at a younger audience, which is great because I think that that's a character that a, a younger superhero fan um, could really enjoy because it looks like it's going to be fun. Right. And that's, and that's good. But you look at something like, you know, um, we're getting a Napoleon picture. We're getting a historical picture, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I mean, historical dramas can lose money too um <laughs> but it's but, but we don't we don't especially a lot of... especially if you put three of the same one out in about a space of a month from each other right yes, looking at you start... columbus 1492 yeah. god and, and none of them were particularly great they no. were big and lavish and they looked fantastic but, but yeah, um, Mimi Katz is saying I looked at upcoming films in the theaters for the next few months, and there's only one movie worth seeing. Well, I mean, and, the, and that just really that really becomes one of the things where part of we also see something that we do we we used to see I think a little more promotion of this stuff further out. But the I mean, for some for this big stuff, obviously, when did we get our when did we get the first flash trailer? How long ago yeah. was that? You know, for some, for these big things, you get the you get the promotion often very far out. Right. Sometimes although, not. although I am seeing a lot of criticism 
uh, aimed toward Aquaman and the the Lost Kingdom because the poster is basically a sheet of ice with the logo on it, and everybody's like, "Where's Aquaman?" This is an Aquaman movie, and you need to be doing a lot to hype this up because lots of reshoots, lots of reported problems, Amber Heard, and Amber Heard's still in it, and apparently she's in the trailer, and there and again, you've got that other that same kind of situation like you got with Ezra Miller. Amber Heard's in this movie, I'm not going to go see it because of all of the Johnny Depp stuff. And then you get this poster for the movie that's it looks like a sheet of ice i was like well where's aquaman if you're gonna hype this movie you've got to hype this movie you've got to get people excited about this movie unless you're gonna write it off because it's kind of a snyderverse movie but yeah yeah it it it, it fall it falls into the same category i think as shazam does yeah and i think that and and for all the fact you know, again, this could be a very fun, entertaining movie. I mean, the the first one was big and dumb, and overall, I <laughs> thought it was fun. And but it was it's big and dumb. Um, yeah. and there's a place for big and dumb. I mean, there's not not every superhero film has to be, you know, deep. Sometimes they could just be, we're gonna we're gonna have. All the sea creatures fight everything. I that's mean, right. it, sometimes you can have that. That's fine. Hulk but, smash. Yeah. We don't need. We don't need Shakespeare. Although, <laughs> although it is kind of Shakespeare in in some regards. But sure. So I mean, and but again, we're coming into a thing where we're the odds are really good that when Aquaman appears again, or if he appears in in the the stuff that Gunn's doing. It's so good. It's going to be a different actor. Yeah, and so I mean, this is this is a challenge for them. And I mean, I I personally don't care about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Um, so that's not a big deal for me. But I also think that, like anything else, if you're gonna, I mean, the first one cost a lot of money. Yeah. The second one costs a lot of money too. <laughs> and I think I think on the Amber Heard thing, it's less it's less Amber Heard is a terrible, awful, no good person, although that does factor into it. I think it's more the fact that so many people saw Warner Brothers throwing Johnny Depp under the bus so early in the process. And then when he comes back and he's vindicated as as the trial comes through, and now Warner Brothers has kind of cut themselves off and, you know, you know cut off their nose despite their face. And they need a win, They they whether it's Pirates or, or DC or whatever. And After pir- everything Warner Brothers has done and gone through in the last few years, <laughs> Johnny Depp's thing is just a piece of a bigger mess. I know. I know it is, but there are fans. I mean, the whole whole pirates of the Caribbean thing has been completely basically blown out of the water. If you, if you pardon the pun, because But I'll be be perfectly honest, based on the last movie in the series, it was done anyway. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I mean, but they had the plans. But they had the plans for the red. Yeah, but they had the plans for the redhead female pirate. Remember, they were talking about that, 
and then yeah, it was going to be I Margot mean, even, Robbie, and then they they scrapped that. Even that and, was not something that I mean. Uh, I mean, okay, that. I, don't, I don't get me all, wrong. Uh, don't get me wrong. We don't need another Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Now, at if you, all. If you want to give me an adaptation of On Stranger Tides, the book that the, the last <laughs> the movie was one. based on, yeah. that would be great because it's an excellent novel. It's a crappy movie. And that, and, and if you like the film, I'm good for you. I'm yeah. just a fan of the book, and the it's a terrible adaptation of the book. But I think but, that's going to factor into things, too, because, you know, yeah, that but whole again, I think million it, alpacas thing. But it's going to again, we're going to we're going to and and look, it's going to hurt the sales. I just don't think it's going to do anything. There's no way around that. But I think that we also are, I'm very going to be very curious, morally on an intellectual curiosity level than like a deep caring level. Mm, yeah. But it is is how many what the sales end up being like, because, again, for the vast majority of viewing audiences, remember, we have, you know, how many millions of people live in this country? Um, and that's just in the U.S. Leave it alone, you know, uh, international audiences. Yeah. Um, is how many people care enough about all of these factors, right? Because we're plugged in to what's going on with the studios, right? Yeah. The vast majority of humanity doesn't care about the inner workings of Warner Brothers right that's not they have other concerns in their life that they are like and and you know and maybe yeah. they're maybe that's not their you know that's just not important to them and they buy tickets so the question becomes how much all, and again I'm really curious because we've had so much of this stuff happen that has can have real impacts on these things so I'm really curious when we get those final numbers, when these, wow. these, you know, and we start getting breakdowns of of the whys and wherefores, and you know, to some degree, we're it's always going to be speculation, right? Yeah. But it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of impact the drama of this thing or that thing mm -hmm. or or the internal workings of the company, I think, end up becoming an how they what, what it turns into in real dollars and real yeah. viewers, right? I think part of that too is you factor in the the notion that some of this stuff uh, transcended out from just the trades. It's not just Variety and Hollywood oh, Reporter and Deadline. Kidding. You know, with Ezra Miller and with the whole Johnny Depp thing, I mean, this stuff was all over the all oh, over yeah. the news, all over the media, everywhere. So even those people who were not plugged in like we are to the inner workings, what? And by the way, I would love to have sources that get us more plugged in. But even even with our substantial amount of knowledge and the people out there not having that, they oh, become sure. aware of this stuff. And now, of course, you've got. You know, coming out of pandemic, there's still that factor in that whole thing as well. And, sure. you know, the streaming services, well, I can just watch it at home and da 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 right. Even right. though you've got David Zaslav sitting there saying, uh, we're not just, you know, we're not making things just to take it on to, to, our, to our, our streaming service. You know, he's saying, right. we're making movies to put them in the movie theater. <clears throat> right. Which and, is good. That's smart. That's yes. what he's supposed to be doing. Well, and I, I mean, there's a place for streaming because there was a place for cable, and you know, it's like it, the the industry changes and and things adapt to it. That's just yeah. how these things work. So the idea that that you should have stuff that is made just for streaming, okay, 
Sure. There was stuff that was made just for cable. Yeah. But there was but but the focus and and of course during the pandemic times when when everyone is home, okay, yes. Deliver deliver the big blockbuster film to your audience at home. Okay, sure. But we're past that point. Hopefully don't have, you know, any any more pandemics anytime in the near future. I've managed to, no, you know because we've we've made it past the pandemics just in time for the strikes. Well, yeah, that's because writer so, strike, SAG, producers guild, directors guild, all of them getting ready to start negotiating. I mean, May first rolls around, writer strike. Uh, you know, writers guild has already authorized the strike, so May first they could just they could put their pencils down. Sure. sure. And producers guild has said, or is it producers guild or directors guild? One of the two, I think it's producers guild, has said, um. They've they've told their people, you know, because apparently they've got a, a no strike clause or they've got something in their in their thing that says if you're a writer and a producer, yeah, you still come to work if you're producing. You right. can't you can't stay at home as a writers guild member if you're also a producer. You still work. Because so I guess I guess some of these unions are not going to strike in solidarity or whatnot. But you still have the possibility that the Directors Guild sits down and the Producers Guild sits down and the Actors Guild sits down sure. because they all have their own individual contracts that are up for renegotiation all about the same time. So right. just as we're getting to the point where we're recovering, I mean, you've got this, you've got these stories here that, you know, Global box office recovery was accelerated, and then if Hollywood shuts down because of all of the strikes, then, you know, so long 2023. I would say that this puts them in something of a decent negotiating position. Possibly. I'm just, <laughs> I mean. Because I think part of it is, you know, like we're talking about with streaming. And when pandemic hit and all this stuff, they got caught flat-footed because the contracts weren't making allowances for any of that. Mm -hmm. And this kind of goes back to what we had talked about, uh, or what Writers Guild and Screen Actors get all that, when, when, when webisodes, you remember when everything was going to be transmedia and we were going to get web sure, series right? and all this stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, nobody knew what to do with it. And Writers Guild and, and SAG and all these guys, SAG especially... Because you're using actors in your short films, well, what do we do with this? And how do you how, how do you pay for this? What's the budget? You know how do our how do our union actors get compensated fairly and all that? So they've already had to go through this once. What five? How long ago was it? Ten years ago? Twelve years ago? Than that I think now. Yeah. So you know they've they've already gone through this once, and now they get hit with the whole streaming thing. And if something doesn't doesn't do well in the box office and it doesn't stay in the theater as long as they expect it to, you know, that 45-day window, but it goes to streaming sooner than that, that bypasses and cuts off a lot of different clauses in the, you know, in the contract, you know, the performance clauses. Well, if it does this, then I get paid this. If it does this, I get paid this. Well, if they pull it out of theaters, it's not going to do any of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that causes a problem. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with because this is far from the first time a change in the industry has meant 
that writers and directors and producers and actors have all had sat there and went, hang on. Yeah. My contract does not cover this. VHS. <laughs> I mean, we, this this is far from... Uh, 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 I imagine contracts are very different then. Uh, but television probably had a significant impact um, for some of this stuff. But, I mean, yeah, VHS... Um, you look at just the impact that all of these different changes in the way the media gets out to people has changed how pay is, I mean, the days when actors got paid a flat fee, mm-hmm. you know, remember, remember the, when, when some of that was changed because actors were like, you know, I'm going to get X percent of the box office when right. it's, when it's done that that's, that's in our lifetime. Yeah, residuals that's and not, points and participation and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's I mean it's it's not recent. <laughs> um, we're looking at the what the it was the eighties when that stuff really well, hit. And when you're look, you're looking at your action stars like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and yeah. I I want to say Harrison Ford too in, in the early days, but didn't, that's all recent. Didn't United Artists have that kind of thing set up for a while? Because isn't that isn't that one of the reasons why it was it was established in the first place? Because that was United Artists was the one that uh, oh profit uh, sharing, Get, profit sharing is around, and, and and Charlie Chaplin and all that. They're they're the ones that started United Artists over that, right? Right. Well, mo- yeah, because because for for whatever issues you may have with the movie industry of today. <laughs> <laughs> um if you want to go if you want to that's you know there's there there's been some some film and tv about it and it's out there that's yeah. interesting to watch but you, you could do a really fascinating crime thriller uh because of the sheer number of mob people who are actually involved in the early days of hollywood and um, comic books i hear and yeah that's that too um but the yeah i mean if you we we've talked about this before some if you are an actor or a writer or a director working for a studio they essentially controlled your life yeah and you were not necessarily you would be surprised how little some of these people got paid to basically be um I mean, literal wage slaves. That term, that term wage slave. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, this is what it was. They were, you basically owned these actors and, yeah. and crafted a lot of these, their image in a way that contracts, is terrifying. Yeah. A lot of these contracts had, you're going to make 35 pictures this year. Uh, right. And, and most of them will be for us, but we might loan you out for some other studio right. to yeah. do stuff. We're going to yeah. tell you where you're going to go, what yeah. film you're going to be in, who your co-star is going to be, who your co-star you're going to be dating for yeah. the press purposes <laughs> of this thing, who you might marry. And that's a thing that happened. Uh-huh. But but it didn't give us a Humphrey Bogart horror movie. So yeah. um, it's not good. He didn't. You can you can so clearly see. Humphrey Bogart going, I have to be here. I'm under contract. There's a there's an article. There's some some coverage coming out. Uh, uh, people have had some conversations with Nicolas Cage. Um, and I've seen it in a couple of different places now talking about how he's acknowledging and he's actually openly talking about the fact that when some of the stuff that he's done in his career 
was to pay off some bad real estate investment mm-hmm. debt. And it's like, yeah, they were lousy, but I had bills to pay. And, you know, Kevin Bacon's been the same way. And we, we of course, have talked about uh, um, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, a uh, number of occasions about that kind of thing. And sometimes it's what you got to do. You just got to, you got to put down what you want to do and go do what you have to do because you got to pay the bills. Right, and and the, the the good news is is that so many actors these days have the ability to do that. Mm. They could sit there and go, "Okay, I got I got to go get a I got to go do a picture now because I got to pay this mortgage bill," and and as opposed to you know Warner Brothers going, you know, you're going to be in this romantic comedy with this actor that you clearly hate, um, and because that. I mean, it, it, we got some great movies out of actors loathing each other, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> that's that's not very nice. Um, I mean, but we are getting um, Warner Brothers is giving us a romantic comedy with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I I'm looking at that, and I look at the I saw the tr- I, the first trailer has been out for a while. I haven't seen the trailer. I just saw that. I was like, oh, look, a romantic it's... comedy. Okay. It's, or is that Sony? Is that Sony or is that Warner Brothers? I I I have to look. That's Sony. Um, that's Sony. Okay. Sony? Yeah, sorry, it's not Warner Brothers. Okay, so um, the premise of this is, and I've only looked at the trailer a couple of times. It's squicky. It it's a little creepy. Okay, so I read the synopsis and I had this weird flashback to the nineteen eighties. Because you would get these, yes, it is squeaky, yeah. but you'd get these kind of like, I mean, risky business. I mean, it's, she, I mean, it's not, I, it's not the same plot, but I mean, you could, she wasn't hired to fall for him though in risky business, was she? One of the main characters in risky business is hired, was hired for a number of things. Well, I mean, no, I mean, parents parents didn't hire her. Well, no, for their no, for their underage kid. But I mean, it's and yeah, so I'm 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 not. Uh, again, we may be looking at something that is really funny and really clever. Yeah, but, but I mean, I looking, mm. but I'm looking at the synopsis and I'm thinking, a lot of the things that have that were that were very entertaining comedies for me as a teenager in the '80s. As a guy in his fifties, I'm looking at him going, "Okay, that's a little." That's, well, that's and a little gross. and especially given the current climate culturally, it's I mean, I'm it's, not... it's a dicey. Yeah, it's like uh, you really want to do that. Is that a smart thing to do? Now, it could very well be that the trailer is terrible in in representing what this movie is actually about. But right. I don't think. But I mean, it is. Th- but no, the synop- the synopsis itself is a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, that said, and what other what the other thing that bothers me is that the dad in this movie is a long-haired Matthew Broderick, and I didn't recognize him until the second time I look at it, and I'm like, "Okay, God, now I have to watch the trailer." Hang I, on, I'm having a hard time getting my head around that. Hang on, that's Matthew Broderick. What is he doing in this thing? It this this thing feels like just, and this is. Gut impression just off the trailer. This feels like we're burning up an obligation in a contract somewhere. 
Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm it's, it's I just, I'm just, I'm, just in, I'm intrigued Lawrence, by the retro. Jennifer I'm just really intrigued by do, the retro feel of it. Yeah, but it feels like Jennifer Lawrence is doing something to get away from Hunger Games and Passengers sure. and X Men, and let's just go completely bonkers. And but it doesn't look very good at all. Well, and uh, and the online buzz has been ew, really, right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's that ew factor that I don't, I don't think this this movie's gonna it may break even. Well, and I but, mean its budget maybe. I mean, what what's its budget going to be on this? I don't know. I mean, you could you could do you could do a romantic comedy in the low in the low million. Well, you could do a romantic comedy a lot cheaper than that too. But I, I, I mean, could do a romantic comedy for. I actually did a romantic comedy for about three thousand dollars. So you know. I know, but we're looking at. I'm, I mean, even if you factor in, because I mean, look. Jennifer Lawrence can certainly be. There's no question she's been the star of of successful movies. Yeah, but and she's, she's also talented. I, let's, yeah, she's talented. But there's but this is also the kind of thing where you don't necessarily get a big paycheck. Yeah. Or I I mean I say big right. I mean it's it, they're they're getting paid well. I mean there's she's she's they're not giving her you know twenty bucks an hour. Um, they're, you know, she's going to do okay. But even then you're looking at, I mean, you could do, you could do one of these pictures for 10, 20 million yeah. with, with, with this cast and, and still have a, a good budget for Cause romantic comedies just don't cost that much when compared to, I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at horror films that are in the five to $20 million range. Well, there, do you heard, you heard about that, that romantic comedy that Netflix finally passed on the Nancy Myers one. She was going to make her comeback and they're looking at $150 million for a romantic comedy. I'm thinking, what kind of a romantic comedy are you making? Where are they going? I uh, mean, $150 million for a rom-com? Come on. I'm, I'm I would, I would have to see the script on that one, well, please. Now, consider cast: Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans were in the cast. I mean, yeah. So these these so, are folks that that are pulling in a hefty paycheck, but but yeah. And I think that I think that you know we've again we've talked about this before. There is a place for the giant blockbuster, but but we see this on streaming all the time now. It needs to go back into the theaters with the smaller pictures. And because quite frankly, guys, you can make money on the smaller pictures just as well. And people want variety. Not every theater needs to be full of big budget movies, big, yeah. you know, because event event pictures are event pictures because that's not all that's in the theater. <laughs> it's well, an event. That's how it's supposed to be. I well, mean, now, like, see, I, Megan, Megan is a good example of that, where you have something that's relatively low budget. It's mm. it's a small budget and it and it does fairly well and it does surprisingly well considering what the expectation was. So you know now you have Megan 2.0's development because yay sure. we did it we made money on it let's make another one. Well and it could and it could have gone very wrong because you you get that initial synopsis and you're thinking it's it's the girl version of Chucky yeah. And the thing is is that they made a film that doesn't feel like a Chucky ripoff. Which is a writing issue, yeah, and and that's what you want. And so you know, yeah, there's. I think horror film horror films have an advantage, and and film. I mean, because the expectations 
even even for you know uh um franchises because the track record in the 80s and the 90s was so erratic mm-hmm. if you blow it with a horror film now you're like eh, someone will just reboot it yeah i'll, I'll, I'll get a sequel in a few years and it'll, it'll it'll wipe the slate clean um now you can't do that with everything else but i mean the advantage of horror is that a they're cheaper and not not to say you can't have big budget you know but they're very rarely are you getting two hundred and fifty million dollar horror films. It's well, just not. And the other part of that too, you talk about you know the the, the cable movie and and how streaming is cable now. You mm-hmm. know, I I still wonder how many of the studio chiefs, because Zaslav has come out and said we're not making movies for our streaming service. We're going to make movies to make money. And if that means we we license it to this other channel or do whatever, put it in the theater or whatnot, and you have uh, you have the chief of the of the theater owners group, NATO, uh, John Fithian saying streaming is not a sustainable business model because and and I think we've heard a number of stories about how streaming channels are still not making money. Well, the problem is there's only there there literally are only so many eyes on the planet, guys. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's a great big population of people. There's no question. We're, you know, billions of people. But the thing is, is that not, not every service is available where all of those people are. And after a certain point, the, I mean, I, I am not subscribed to as many of the different streaming services as I used to be. Right. And it's not because there's anything inherently wrong with some of them. It's just that I have money that needs to go somewhere else. And I'm not watching that service enough yeah. for me to justify the expense. I mean, I, I Netflix, well, Shudder, and Amazon Prime are all I have at this point. Shudder because it's a horror channel. Netflix for mostly for comedy specials. Um, and the and and TV series, the 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 Netflix TV shows, and um, uh, Amazon Prime because I have an Amazon Prime membership. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. and, and there are going to be a lot of people like that because you know, in in the midst of a recession, and with inflation going, I mean, yeah, just in the U.S. but worldwide, you've got economic issues, and sure. and people people do not have as much discretionary income. And, you know, the Fed keeps pumping it out like it's like it's water. And let's let's just make 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 the dollar less valuable anyway. So your spending doesn't go very far. So I've got to figure out how much I'm going to spend on the on the extra stuff. I mean, Mindy and I were just talking about the fact that we haven't gone on a date and I don't know when. Well, but even if even if everything was clipping along at, you know, gangbusters and everyone is doing very well. The fact is, is that if you don't watch something often enough, you're going to stop paying for it because you're not watching it often enough. Right. Even if you've got the money, you're not, there's, you know, if you're, if you're not watching Discovery or you're not watching, uh, um, you know, uh, Amazon Prime or whatever, you're going to sit there and go, well, I don't need to pay for this. Yeah. Um, because... You know, even even if you're filthy rich, you've got something else that money could be doing. And there's a there's only so many hours in the day. (laughs) You're supposed to sleep at some point in there, as I recall. 
Um, and some people have jobs that they need to go to or families they'd like to hang out with and don't necessarily yeah. want it to be TV time. So, I, I, mean, it's I just, manage about six hours of sleep a day, and it's not they, Most of these streaming services somehow got it into their head in despite all logic and evidence to the contrary, um, and which actually cable could have taught them this lesson or should have, is you can't grow forever. That's right. Nothing, nothing works like that ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, only so many human beings on the planet and we have not currently, I mean, yes, we've got signals that are going out into deep space, but as far as we know, no aliens are subscribing to any of these streaming services right. at this time. <laughs> and until they, until we have numbers that show we're getting intergalactic purchasers of the services, they're going to have to deal with just the humanity on the planet. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and, and if you can be like Disney and not cut, cut your costs to, to get the soccer, was it soccer or cricket, cricket in India? Cricket. Yeah, it was cricket. And, and basically pull out of that market for sports. I mean, suddenly the reason so many Indian viewers were subscribed to Disney was for cricket. That's because it was, that was their big thing for sports. And if they aren't, not going to carry it, they're not going to be subscribed to that. It's just the economics and, and where you're getting your, the thing you want from. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I, I think streaming is really, there's cool things to streaming, but I'm much happier with smaller pictures getting back into the theater even if, you know. Oh, I agree. I th I think that if you're going to watch a movie, and it's an original movie, then it's generally, not always, but generally best suited to watch it in a movie theater. Because it's that shared experience, you know, depending on what kind of movie it is, you have the that additional element that you don't get at home. And, yeah, you can watch it at home, and you can watch it with your family or you watch it with your, your significant other or, or, or whatever. But if you're looking at something like Fast 10, for example, or uh, 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 Avengers Endgame. I mean, can you imagine Avengers Endgame going straight to streaming? And at the end when Sam says, on your left, and they all come back, I mean... How many yeah, people it, are cheering in your living room when that happens? I mean, Not you, know, you might you, you'd have to make a, do a lot of cheering to make up for the crowds. Yeah. But I mean, well, look, we're looking at stuff. I mean, and and I'm not super thrilled we're getting a Bad Boys four. <laughs> um, and look again, if you like the Bad Boys movies, I think that I enjoyed the first one a lot. I I have maintained that um, um, that anyway. Not even I'm not even gonna go into my to my yeah. rant about the director, but um, it, it's entertaining. And Bad Boys Two was less so, but still fun. I that I didn't need to see three; I'd lost interest. But you know what? These are fun movies, and they have an audience, and they're gonna bring people back into theater seats to watch it because those actors have you know they've got they've built up this chemistry we've seen that well-crafted legacy sequels top gun uh the bad boys 3 did well i mean it was yeah. the people people enjoyed it so um 
you know, if if it keeps that up, that's another film that's going to put people in in the theaters that isn't a superhero movie, among other things. You know, Denzel Washington's giving us another Equalizer film. Those were have been relatively inexpensive to make compared to their returns. So, I mean, that's a good one coming um, right. from Sony. Um, and while I personally, uh, I think, I think Denzel Washington is wasted in these movies just because he's playing, he's playing that character that, that we see a lot now, which is, and he's good at it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking Denzel Washington in any way, shape or form. Uh, cause he's an incredibly talented actor. Uh, and I, I, I can watch him in, in most things and think, yep, this was worth my time. Yeah. Um, but this aging hitman, CIA agent, government type, you know, spook, um, character. We, and Liam Neeson's doing it, did it obviously. Denzel Washington's doing it. I mean, it, it's a thing that happens and it's, there's an audience for it. There's just too much of it right now for me, I guess, is my problem. I yeah. just like thin it out a little more. Give me, give me less. But I mean, it's been, a, it's been several years since Equalizer 2. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, this isn't like crammed together. So, you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure why it, um, Maybe it's because I was disappointed with John Wick 4. <clears throat> that's a whole other conversation. Um, but you know, still. I so that's gonna be a that's gonna be a good one for audience. These are these are films that are are lower budget to make right. that are gonna get people back into the theaters and they're and it's they're gonna have audiences that are gonna want to see them on the big screen. Well, and then you've got you've got this weird this you've got Craven the Hunter that's coming in the Sony Spider Verse. Right. And it's Aaron Taylor Johnson. Which I'm fine with. Who is Quicksilver in the Avengers movies. And it's Craven the Hunter, who nobody knows. And and it's not like it's not like Guardians of the Galaxy. Because when Guardians the first Guardians of the Galaxy came out, a lot of people were like, Nobody knows who these people are. But Marvel had established a track record by that point where Marvel Studios, Guardians of the, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, people were in the seats because it was a Marvel movie. Well, so, not only that, so even, many... if, even, if you, even if you were worried about it, that even if that wasn't going to get you in the seats, James Gunn at that point had produced enough, enough films that were just quirky and weird and fun. Yeah. I mean, the... the, the if even if you weren't a comic book fan or a Marvel fan, if you were a Slither fan, you were like, James Gunn is making a science fiction movie. I gotta go see this. Um, you know, are you making a comic book movie? I gotta right. go see this. See, uh, yeah, but Sony hasn't built that up yet. Sony yeah, hasn't really... earned that. And 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 nobody nobody who doesn't read comic books knows who Craven the Hunter is. Now, this is an example of when you're talking about when Iron Man came out. It's like this. You know, this obscure <laughs> yeah. character, Iron right. Man. It's like talking about, um, yeah. but the, yeah, in this case, and what's really this is an example of a film that if, if they can do for Craven what they did for Venom, okay. There was footage screened today. Mm-hmm. Aaron Taylor Johnson was out there. It is going to be an R-rated picture. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I've seen... Uh, I've seen a description that he's actually got his his typical costume, his his comic book costume, and it's bloody. I've heard that the footage that was screened today is is bloody stuff. And Which I'm thinking, I well, okay, think... if you're going to do that, mm, all right. I mean, that doesn't well, sound like anything I want to see, but it'll have an audience. I just the question is whether or not it's going to make money. The problem I've got with this is that I am perfectly on board with an R-rated Craven the Hunter. If you you know if you're a fan of the character or mm. you find him as an interesting antagonist, or he's, he's usually a Spider-Man antagonist, um, he's a ruthless, violent character. Yeah. And so, okay, R-rated superhero film where he's what the anti-hero um, was he? He kind of kind of a jungle predator, uh, jungle punisher. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, I, at least that's what I'm reading from the from what we've seen so far. Um, of course, in the comic, if you're not familiar with the character, and you might not be, considering unless you're a Spider-Man fan uh, of the comics, he often is a antagonist of Spider-Man's, and he hunts Spider-Man because he wants him as a trophy, and he usually wants Spider-Man to be dead at the end of this hunt. So there's you know already a certain amount of risk here, but the problem here is that. Sony has not does not have a good track record of building up these secondary characters to Spider-Man and then not connecting them to Spider-Man. Yeah, see, that's the other question is whether or not Spider-Man's even going to be in this movie. Well, I mean, if you could... So Ven Venom is an example of two movies, however you a varying degree of quality and however you feel about them, that... I've kind of downplayed the Spider-Man thing. I mean, there's stuff in there, but it's not really, you know, it's it's about the comedy. Yeah. And and the and the the odd couple relationship between the two characters, right? And you know, and Tom Hardy basically going, I get to be a physical comedian. <laughs> um although you know, I mean, there, there is that there is that end credit scene somewhere I can't even remember what right, it is right, right. that, yeah, but that, I mean, still, that throws him into the other other universe, the MCU. But Yeah, but it, it's I mean it's it, these things stand alone without it. Yeah. Morbius Morbius had its own sort of problems. <laughs> um but it also doesn't feel connected to the Spider-Man universe. I mean, I so unless you're going to find a way to, I mean, is is the end of this picture going to be Craven deciding he's going to hunt Spider-Man? Well, because you've got. All right, let me let me throw this out there just as an idea because we have Madam Web still mm -hmm. on the way. We Which have, I, I, I'm intrigued with what they might do with that. I, I've seen a lot of speculation, people wondering what they're going to do because of who who they've revealed as some of the characters. Because we've got Peter Parker's parents in this. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. Cause I mean, I think the character has potential, but I'm also like. Okay, but, I'm. I don't know where if, you're going with this. So. What if Sony is doing kind of a, a an anti Marvel type of because Mar Marvel Marvel was smart when Marvel started doing this thing. They had the individual solo films, and then the group. So what if Sony gives us Morbius, 
Craven, Madam Web. Uh, pick two others: Black Cat, maybe Silver Sable, who, whoever. And we get the individual villains who team up in a movie to go after the hero and flips the whole thing in in backwards. Well, that would be great um, if you could handle it well. Yeah. But I think you're running into the problem that Morbius was a bomb um, and not even Matt Smith. Dancing could save it. Um, See, I don't think Jared Leto is that much of a draw. The problem with Jared Leto is Jared Leto also comes with his own set of baggage. Yeah, and I, I, th- I, I think he could, he's a talented actor and he's a talented singer and he's got a, you know, he's got his band and all this stuff, but he also has a fairly or not. Um, because I can't speak from personal deep knowledge, mm. but there's this whole question about, you know, the, there's this cultish aspect to his to part of his fan base yeah and it's the same thing that makes you know us go stop talking snyder fan um (laughs) okay that's relatively innocent in compared to to the sort of people there are people who have accused him literally of running a cult and and that's a weird thing and not to mention the fact he's a little eccentric publicly a little yeah. And people remember when when people do weird stuff in public it, you, sometimes you don't even remember what it was. It was just, oh yeah, they did that weird thing. Yeah. You know, and and you're like, "Oh yeah." And then like I I don't know if I want to go see. I mean, I he was he was very interesting in the Blade Runner sequel. Mm, I found I, him I, to be an interesting antagonist in that in that film, um, but he's not somebody who I sit there and go, "Oh, Jared Leto's in it. I have to go see it." Yeah, and I hated his Joker. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm sorry. I, even leaving aside the weird design choices, which I did not care for, um, everything that we heard about the character was not what showed up in the film. And I realized it's an editing thing. Mm-hmm. And so he may have turned in an amazing performance, but we, we never, never saw, saw it. Yeah. And then when he came back in, in the Snyder cut, I was just like, okay. Yeah. That's a thing that happened. <laughs> well, that's day one of CinemaCon. We still got, uh, Three more days, I think, as uh, so it goes through yeah. Friday. So and just two studios. We didn't even we didn't cover everything that they that these folks are right. doing. So there'll be more. Although there'll be a lot. there's a uh, there's a lot of what they put out today that doesn't have anything to do with us because it's not science fiction or fantasy or right. Horror. Right. But I mean, there's a new Meg movie on the way. Um, so you got a big monster shark movie. Yeah. Um, which again, that did well, uh, and it was an internationally produced film, so it drew in some you know uh, overseas. Mm-hmm. dollars on that which of course the studios want to do uh they co-produced the first one with china i think and so consequently they had a they had an in with the chinese right sure. film market which of course is rather large um and kind of hard kind of hard to shoot a monster shark movie next to a concentration camp so they got that going for them at least well that's 
things you can avoid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's a racing movie coming out. Yeah, uh, Grand which... Gran Turismo. It's based on based on the video game. Right, and uh, of course we got Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel, um, which I'm I'm excited about. I'm, I'm looking forward. To I'm that. curious if we're going to get any more footage from Indiana Jones because Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel—they haven't done their presentations yet. Oh, maybe. I mean, well, so we've been so some of this stuff hasn't been trailers; it's been footage, right? So apparently right. there was a, there were like the Dune. They showed like twelve minutes of the movie or something. I mean, something it was like that, it was yeah. a chunk of footage, um, and they're describing Dune as this epic war picture. Which, if you're familiar with the novel, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. basically at that about about the midpoint is where yeah. Paul's jihad against uh, the emperor, uh, well, and and the known universe in general, yeah. um, it kicks off. And I'm really curious because if you're familiar with the book you know what a tragic experience this ultimately is. And I'm I'm very curious to see how this is handled because, you know, the Dune is Dune is not just about the hero's journey. It's also about the hero's fall. Right. And the price you pay to conquer the universe. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, I mean, I, the, I enjoyed the first one, but it sounds like we're getting a different kind of movie, which makes sense in the context of the story, but I'm curious how audiences are going to react to that. Because if you, yeah. if you really enjoyed the first film, there's, a, there's action. There's, there's See, the other, know. the other aspect of that. And, and we don't talk about a whole lot, but the, the outside world, because when Dune part two hits theaters, mm -hmm. hopefully, Hopefully, China hasn't invaded Taiwan by then. I mean, you have that that still just kind of percolating over there. At the same time, you got whatever's going on with Ukraine and Russia. And, you know, it's a completely different environment for a war movie than it was when the first movie came out. So, you know, there's that, Well, but too. it's also a science fiction film. And yeah. science fiction films often have big space battles. So I mean, yeah, and yeah. I, and I agree. We're the 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 actual landscape of the world um, can very much have an impact on your box office for <laughs> yeah. anything, no matter how yeah. good the movie is or how entertaining it is. Yeah. Um, I'm. I mean, there's a there's a Willy Wonka sequel or prequel coming out that I'm. Yeah, I still don't not sure how I, I feel don't, about. I don't have any interest in that. I mean, it's it sounds like it's going to be an interesting cast, but it's a it's you know this is another example, and we've talked about this before on this very show. Who who was asking for this? Yeah, who who re, who was saying you know what I needed? I need to know why Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka acted that way, and the answer is because Gene Wilder was a comedic genius. That's the answer, folks. Yep. Um, you don't need a plot reason. <laughs> You just need to know yeah. that he was an was an incredible writer and director on his own. Yeah, you know what I'm worried about, and mm. and Gran Turismo is not based on an anime, so this could just be me projecting a little bit. <clears throat> but you know how we always talk about Hollywood learning the wrong lessons. Sure. If Gran Turismo does well, 
and Super Mario Brothers has is probably going to do a billion seven. And you've got all of these things. Anime is going to come back around because you've got Pikachu is getting a sequel. You know, you, Sonic the Hedgehog has is is getting a sequel. You all all these. But remember, those are gaming. That's those true. Are... Some of these are games. And the Pikachu. I I am still worried that they're gonna try to do this Akira thing. They will keep threatening us with that until hopefully we die, and then we won't have to worry about it anymore. I guess. I guess. If you're. And I, and I do realize it's a little extreme to say that when it comes for the Akira remake, I hope for the sweet embrace of death. But <laughs> the heat death of the universe needs to come before we get the Akira movie. Exactly. And again, 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 <laughs> folks, if you want to do a live action version, go find a studio in Tokyo. And if, 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 if it needs to be American money funding it, but let... I now okay. Japanese uh, storytellers be, tell yes. that story. If, if you must do it, yeah. let the people who actually real yeah. There are amazing writers in the U.S. There are amazing writers in in the U.K. There are amazing directors and actors. But folks, some stories literally <laughs> yeah. Well, are about the country they're set in. To be fair. The live-action space battleship Yamato was very good, but almost to the end. I don't need. Yeah, the last twenty minutes. But I don't need a live-action Akira. I don't no, want a live-action Akira. Folks, you can find it in two very, very accessible mediums. Yes, um, you can pick it up in print, and you can pick it up on video. Yep, and. Both of those are very good ways to, to read this story yeah. and see this story. All now right. We don't need so, it. In, in the meantime, while we wait for the heat death of the universe, let me tell you about tomorrow's Live from the Bunker. Charles M. Schultz's son, Monty, will be our guest. We're talking to him about his new novel. It's called Metropolis, and it is an original story. It's not based on the movie. It's mm-hmm. not. Uh, it's not uh, Superman's hometown or anything like that. So we're going to be talking talking to him tomorrow, at 1 p.m. Eastern, and uh, then you can connect with us on all the different socials and whatnots and everything, and and come over to the Discord and uh, join the conversation over there. Leave your comments, of course, and our email address h2o at sci-fi for me dot com if you want to suggest topics and offer your feedback and comments on any topic that we cover. And we will do this all again next week. Probably we'll we'll do this as a as a as a bookend, and we'll talk about the other stuff that gets announced. And of course, on Saturday for for Good Morning Multiverse, we'll run through a lot of this news that comes out over the week, and uh, and then we'll talk about it next next Tuesday as well, just to kind of give you some impressions and reactions and stuff. Fill in some of the holes from you know an early morning show that. No. Well, not early morning, but I mean a morning show it's that's got to got to fit within a certain amount of you know hours anyway. Yeah. All right, anyway. that's it for us, folks. Thanks very much for being here. Have a good night. Have a good rest of your week, and uh, we will see you again next Tuesday. Good night. 
This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2023, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 